1: Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version. I am your host, Maria Leonard Olson. I'm joining you from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. I know some of you are listening from abroad. I honor you. Thank you for tuning in. I will be abroad in two days and then possibly indefinitely starting in March. And I cannot wait. I'll see you all on the road. I am coming to visit you, so watch out. In any event, I am a civil litigation attorney, a mentor to women in recovery from sexual trauma, addictions, divorce, empty nesting sometimes. I am an author. My last book is called 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life. I wrote it when I turned 50, and now I'm writing a new book called 60 After 60, What Has Happened in the Last 10 Years. Because if you're like me, you never want to stop growing. You want to keep soaking in all that this life has to offer us. And that brings me to why I started this podcast four years ago. My work in the field of women in midlife, including all the public speaking and article writing that I do and conference attending that I do, has brought me into contact with amazing women, all of whom have taught me something. And because being an empty nester, although I've been an empty nester for several years, our kids don't grow up at the same speeds. My children are 26 and 28, and I feel like in some ways they have entered a second adolescence. They are forging their own paths in the world. And I'm intensely proud of them. At the same time, it's hard for me to let go. I see, I see them. I see their idealism. I see how they believe that nothing bad will ever happen to them because that's how I felt. You feel invincible as a young person and there is no way I'm gonna squelch that for my kids. So I stand on the sidelines and I send them good energy and hope for the best. So, my path crossed with this amazing woman. Her name is Allie Hill, and she's joining us from Cherry Hill, Colorado today. After her daughter left for college, Allie Hill was shocked to find that she felt lonely, a little bit lost, and a little purposeless. Allie spent months wondering what she was supposed to do with all her free time, now that no one needed her 24-7 as a parent. She marveled that there were so many resources available when her daughter Izzy was a baby, but none for mothers making the transition to empty nesting today. Eventually, Allie figured out how to redefine her purpose, which for her meant getting back to writing, launching a blog, becoming a certified coach, and feeling happy and fulfilled once again. This is when she decided to become the resource for empty nest moms who struggled in the same way that she did. Allie is now the author of a new book called The Girlfriend's Guide to Empty Nesting, as well as a coach and speaker helping moms navigate their next chapter after the kids leave home. If you're lucky enough, they will have been launched because I have plenty of friends who have experienced what pop culture calls failure to launch. This show may touch on that, but this show is more about when your kids have left the nest, like mine have and like Allie's have. Allie Hill spent 15-plus years as a journalist working for AP Radio in London. She was the West Coast editor at Daily News Record, and she is a certified Desire Map facilitator Her author speaker, Danielle Laporte. She's earned life coaching certifications from both the Life Coach School and Oprah's Life Coach, Martha Beck. Allie's been featured on national television, is regularly interviewed on a variety of podcasts, and shares her knowledge in workshops and trainings throughout the United States. You don't need to write this down, listeners, because it will all be in the show notes. But do yourself a favor, go to her website, which is AllieHillCoaching.com. I have included links for you to easily order the book on Amazon, though any library and independent bookstore will carry it upon request if they don't already have this fantastic book. You can also follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Ally Hill Coaching. Welcome, Allie. Thank you, Maria. So nice to be here with you. So you did it. You became the voice. I came across some, some other podcasts that you were on. I came across some other things you have written, and I was blown away. I wish I had found you... 10 years ago when my kids were leaving the nest. But here you are, and I can still learn from you. And I am learning from you, Allie. What you put on social media and out into the world is gold, gold. So tell us, how did you come to write, to put it all in a book called The Girlfriend's Guide to Empty Nesting?
0: Well, thank you, Maria. I appreciate all those kind words. I needed me or somebody like me seven years ago and my daughter went off to college. And I think that that's how I came to be where I am today. I was lost and really needed to find um, a purpose. And after becoming certified with a couple of different life coaching schools, I really fell into coaching the Empty Nest Women. I'd started out coaching all women, and then um, college girls, and then mothers of college girls, but the empty nest group of women I just so identified with, and after a number of years of coaching clients, listening to friends, all of my own experiences, I knew that I'd never be able to reach everybody or be in touch with or coach all these people. I thought it made a lot more sense to put it in a book. I am a writer after all. Um, So the book seemed like a natural transition.
1: Well, all of us of this age, this middle age have been socially conditioned to not toot our own horns. We've been socially conditioned to all shucks when people say nice things about us. But I am not in that place anymore. I turned 60 and a switch flipped. Well, if someone wants to compliment me, I am all ears. Tell me more, I might say. But what I want to say to you listeners is this book is not just any book. This book is written by a professional. This book is written by, from someone who lived it, who speaks from the heart and is attempting to pay forward her experience, strength, and hope. So tell us about some, well, this is one question I really wanna know. Did your daughter read the book and what does, if so, or if she even knows what's it what it is about, what are her reactions, responses to mom writing this book?
0: That's such a great question, Maria. I was so nervous uh, for Izzy. Izzy's my daughter, 24 years old, to read the book because really, it was almost a song in my heart to her, and there were a lot of stories of Izzy in this book, and she was my first reader. So I sent it to her. What's what was interesting is she's not really a reader. She'll listen to the books. She loves movies. I didn't even think that she would read the book. So I kind of thought, oh, but what I didn't what I didn't rely on is I heard the. Part I forgot is that if it's about her, <laughs> of course, she's going to read it. So she actually went through and she made a few comments. She would text me along the way and say, wow, you're kind of making me out to sound like a bitch. <laughs> 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 and then maybe five or 10 minutes later, she go, oh, no, there you go. I redeemed myself. It's okay.
1: Okay. <gasps> Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Oh, wow.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting. And she actually, much to my chagrin, um, edited me uh, along the way. She did give me a few pointers here and there. Is she a writer uh, also? She graduated from U of A with a degree in journalism, but she's a fashion designer. So, you know, takes after me in some ways, but is forging her own path um she was actually she was I would say she was proud she was happy she knows that this is something I've always wanted to do and there was not a single story in there that she asked me to take out which I feel like I feel like I did this the book justice her justice and really I wanted to be honest I mean there was not a single thing in there that I you know, that was a lie. So I think that's how she was okay with it.
1: Well, that's wonderful that your daughter take, took the time to do that. I, my last book was very personal. I no longer carry secrets because for me, secrets kept me sick. I have a lot of significant trauma in my life. And I think my trauma is too big for my children. It's too painful for them. So while each of them said they skimmed my book, and uh, I'm fairly certain neither of them has read it in its entirety. I did summarize my book in my last TED Talk called Turning Life's Challenges into a Force for Good. I'm not even sure if either my son or my daughter has ever listened to my TED Talk. Uh, oh, by the way, shameless plug, if you are listening, please hit the like button on my TED talk, which you can find at my website or Google my name and it will come up because I'm applying for another one. And as you know, it's a numbers game. If my first TED talk did well, well, I'm more likely to get a second one. And I'm shopping a new book. My literary agent is shopping a new book about DNA test discoveries. And they, too, want to know my numbers on all social media, every single metric you can think of. So please follow me if you're interested in the work that I do. But I am here to talk about the work that Allie Hill does at AllieHillCoaching.com because it is, as I said, very valuable work. In my opinion, no one else is doing what Allie Hill is doing to help empty nest moms navigate through a transition that is not talked about enough. It it can spark depression, anxiety, even suicidal ideation. So I would like you to share if you're comfortable, maybe one or two stories of women you've worked with without, without breaching any confidences about how you helped them cross this bridge.
0: Absolutely. Um, I want to also say, I listened to your TED talk and I would recommend to all your listeners, if you haven't already, please do listen to Maria's TED talk. It is amazing and it will impact you. So, Thank you. um, Absolutely. I would say, let me think, there are a number of stories that really um, showed me just how much empty nest moms are struggling. I think of, I'll think of a, one particular client. Um, I won't name her, but she, she came to me with, and maybe you've experienced this too. Your clients come to you with one issue and you get in there and it's not the issue at all. Yes. Yes. I so, yes. That's, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm a life coach. So maybe it's different. Um, in therapy or any other type of business. But this woman came to me and she thought she had an issue with her husband and maybe her daughters and not being um, in close relationship with them. And she, was, they had been a couple of years out of the nest. They were, um, I'd say, a senior and a junior in college. And she just wanted to figure out how to communicate with them better. After a few sessions, it really became clear that it wasn't about her daughters at all, that she was used to controlling the show, that she was feeling a big lack of purpose, that she no longer was, you know, sort of the puppeteer of the family's life. And she was missing that. And I, and none of that is with judgment. That is with just this woman was really missing something and she had identified it as her her daughters were being rude, you know and were not in communication with her and all of that. Well, once we sort of sifted through what was really going on and she could actually make the perspective shift from okay, it's not about my daughters, it's about me. She was able to, I think this is about three to six months on, able to completely find a whole new way of living, she ended up ironically becoming a life coach as well, but in fitness and in health and she's doing phenomenally and it's literally invigorated her whole life. Now it it took a lot of sifting through and uncovering and getting really honest because that was a lot a lot more hard work than just being able to blame the kids.
1: Wow, that's powerful, because I have had to make that transition to feeling resentful that I put my fast track legal career on hold for 15 years to do what I consider to be the most important job around, which is being, for me, an at-home mom, because I was a latchkey kid and I wanted desperately wanted an at-home mom, and that was not possible for me. So I vowed from a very early age that I would do anything in my power to be at every single school event I could ever and be as involved as I could be. And I was super involved. And then that came to a screeching halt when my children entered adolescence, because I believe that our job as parents is to give our children wings and teach them how to not need us anymore. And making the transition to finding myself was really, really hard, because I had essentially lost myself. And I wouldn't do it differently, except I would have kept more of myself during the parenting years.
0: Absolutely, Maria, what you just described is about 90% of the women that I come across, be it clients, friends, and certainly my experience. I was a stay at home mom, I was the you know, room mom, the volunteer for this, the chaperone for that, you name it, I did it. And I wouldn't trade that at all, except that I wish that my identity had not been 100% Izzy's mom, mm-hmm. you know, kept, you know, if i had kept writing, if I had pursued other things, it wouldn't have been such a jarring trans- transition.
1: Yes, indeed. I'm I'm curious if your husband, assuming you're married, I think you are, um, read the book and what his impressions were. So he was my second reader.
0: Uh Um, I needed both Jim and Izzy to read the book because they were both in it. And I mean, to a smaller degree, um, my husband there. But there were a couple of stories in there that were maybe not as um, showing him as the most positive light. (laughs) but, but no, I mean, he's, he's very supportive, but listen, it's the truth is we have very different experiences. Um, one of, one of the stories was about being pregnant and he chose to take me to a very, well, I I think it was violent. I don't know. Cause I left the movie theater, the thin red line when I was, you know, seven, eight months pregnant. And I said, Oh, I just, this isn't for me. I'm going to, I think I've got to leave. I'm going to, Go wait in the lobby, and he said, "Okay." And he stayed. <laughs> ah! Ah! I put that in the book because, uh, lo and behold, uh, um, ten years later, he said, "Hey, babe, the Thin Red Line is on. You want to watch it?" And I'm like, "Wow! Oh my gosh! Oh wow, my gosh! Do you not remember?" And it's these things <laughs> like men and women. We are just different, you know. But we laugh about these things. So, yes, he read the book. He he. I mean, I got lucky. I got lucky with both my husband and daughter. They are immensely supportive and proud of me. And, you know, they're just, I think that they know this is my time. I put my life on hold, just as you said, and devoted myself to both of them for the last 20 years. It's, I don't even care if it sounds selfish. It's me time. It's my time.
1: It's not selfish. In my opinion, it's called self-care. And I believe, firmly believe with all the work that I'm doing on myself, that if I become my best version, which is why this podcast is called Becoming Your Best Version, that if I become happier, fulfilled, and feel at peace with who I am, that that will enter to the benefit of my children, because they want at base, and almost primally- happy a happy mom yes yes you nailed it and I don't think that
0: we remember that or we we're so used to making them happy that we forget as they become into adulthood it's such a burden and a lift off their shoulders to know that their parents are happy that mom is happy that's all they ever
1: want for us absolutely that's right And I will tell all of you that if you go on AllieHillCoaching.com, you can grab a free copy of the first four steps to surviving empty nesting. So if you're feeling a little adrift, start with this and then contact Allie because she is the expert on this. And she has coaches all over, I mean, clients all over the U.S. And she speaks all over the U.S., in fact, she is going to be in lovely Maui soon. Do you want to tell the listeners where you're going to be in the near future?
0: Yes, well, I am just about to launch my um, speaking tour. So it's not And for the launch of the book, The Girlfriend's Guide to Empty Nesting. That comes out February 20th. Um, the tour is not completely set, but right now I'm um, the cities that I'm looking at are, well, I live in Denver. So of course, all my Colorado friends, I will be in Phoenix. I will be in Maui in um, February and the beginning of March. I will be in San Diego and New York. Those dates aren't set yet, but I'll put them on my website as soon as they're set.
1: Wonderful. I hope that you will add maybe add Washington, D.C. to your book tour because the best bookstore in the country, in my opinion, is Politics and Prose. And uh, they get presidents, they get, I mean, both the Obamas have spoken there. It is uh, the hub of literary life in Washington, D.C. I hope that your publicist or you will look into Politics and Prose. I used to work there. I used to do author events for for them because I love authors and I read constantly. And your book, I just devoured, it just has so much in it. And because I work with women recovering from various traumas and most most of my work is with women recovering from alcoholism and drug addiction, sometimes people fall into addiction because they feel no purpose. And this juncture in which their children leave the home or become teenagers is one of those times. So I'm going to give your book to my mentees, sponsees, for whom this is part of their their trauma with a small T. It's not, not usually trauma with a big T, but it can be. Excellent. So uh, I really honor the work that you're doing.
0: Thank you, Maria. That means so much to me. Um, I actually had a girlfriend who asked me at the start of my writing this book, what is your vision? And I said, if I could just have if every mom, woman, anybody, man, I'm I'm having a lot of men now say what ah, about me? what about me? Yeah. If, if I could make this book accessible and they could have it in their pocket, that is my goal. If I just want this to be the go-to guide. I w- I want it to be just what I needed 7 years ago. So that means so much to me that you are going to give this to your mentees.
1: Thank oh, you. well, it it as I said, I I am very direct in this chapter of my life and if I don't have something nice to say, I have learned to practice restraint of pen and tongue. But when I do have something good to say, I want to say it because as we say in the 12-step rooms, pain shared is halved, halved, H-A-L-V-E-D, and joy shared is doubled. This book and your work is a source of joy to me. It is. You're, You're an amazing human. So while I want everyone to download your free guide and to work with you one-on-one and to buy your book, can you share one or two tips with our listeners about how to make this transition?
0: Absolutely. I would say the very beginning is allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling. Um, I think you alluded to this in the, in the intro is, We often, as women and as a culture, are not encouraged to embrace our feelings. And I feel like the more we resist it, you know, the more we resist, persist. But Mm -hmm. truly, (laughs) truly, truly, it's it is true. If we push our emotions down, if we negate them, if we don't just let them flow over us, be it sadness or uncertainty or worry or fear or anger or whatever they may be, if we allow them to to come through us without judgment, without shame, without comparison, we will get through that part sooner. So I would say, I'd say just the, the allowing of the emotions, um, I always encourage commitment to exquisite self-care during this time. I think, I wish I had, you know, been practicing that for my whole life, but I I do commit to that now. It can be as simple as, you know, hydrating, nurturing food, um, gentle movement of body, connecting with nature and connecting with others. All really, really important i think for me what really gave me um not just hope but just a reason to get out of the morning uh, get up and out of bed in the morning with some structure uh, a morning routine and it doesn't have to be like the 5am club just something that you get up and do every day that consistency is really helpful i meditate i do make my bed um I'm doing, you know, Gabby Bernstein's manifestation uh, challenge right now. Those types of things, those commitments that you make to yourself, you build upon and then you start to believe that you can do new and bigger and better things. And so that's another thing I would say, make this time a time of yes, a time of saying yes to things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Look for. The sparks, look for things that spark your interest. Maybe it's an art class. Maybe it's bird watching. Who even knows what it can be? But be open to the possibilities. This is not the time to close off and isolate. Oh, that's
1: beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. And I think it will help. It will help our listeners. And I'm sure that these. Tips are contained in your book because I see them on your social media and in your free guide. I love the light that you put into the world. I am confident that you will help an exponentially bigger number of people by virtue of your book and your book tour and all the public speaking that you do about this important topic for women, primarily in midlife if you follow national trends. It's beautiful, Allie. I honor you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Maria. I did want to just, I was thinking of a statistic that I wanted to mention just to give some perspective. There are 22.2 million empty nesters every year in just this country. Whoa. (laughs) It's a huge amount of people. Is that counting men and women? I believe it is. I do, I do it did, It wasn't, um, yeah, it didn't say gender. So I do believe they're counting men and women. Wow. Still a huge number. So I want people to know, you know, not just from the heart, but statistically, you are not alone.
1: That That actually feels better because so many times when we're in pain or when we're in pain, often I feel very alone. So thank you for that. That's so helpful. So while I could talk to you for hours about this topic, because I'm passionate about it, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you're having some um, home construction done. I am preparing for trial. So I will ask you the question I ask of any guest on this show. Which I and I take the answers and I put them in ebooks about once a year because it is so helpful to distill down what these inspiring women do to become their better version, their best version. So, this is the question, Allie What do you do to become your best version?
0: Well, I would say, Maria, so many things. (laughs) It is, I. I think that first of all it is commitment to that morning routine. Um I really need to do that meditation, but I think what might be more helpful to your listeners and to other, to women in general is deciding ahead of time how you want to show up. In each and every situation that you go through, or I go through. I try to decide ahead of time how do I want to be. For example, I had a girlfriend who was going through a major surgery this week, and it's scary, and it was unexpected. And I, before I got out of the car to meet her at the hospital, I took a moment in the car and just said who do you want to be? How do you want to be? It's setting an intention and showing up. I wanted to be calm and peaceful. And I wanted to be, a. I wanted to be light and love and envelop her, her with protection. And that's what I did. I try to do this multiple times a day. I forget all the time. And then I, you know, even sometimes I put it on my phone, but just decide ahead of time, how you would like to show up and be intentional about it.
1: Wow. I am going to put that on a post-it note all over my house and my car, because I find that very helpful. We all know it at some level, but I need reminders. I do. And that is a beautiful way of encapsulating what probably every woman listening or man listening to this podcast wants for themselves. Thank you. Thank you. So I would encourage all of you to do yourselves a favor. Go to AllieHillCoaching.com. Get her book, The Girlfriend's Guide to Empty Nesting. Show up at one of her book talks, which are going to be all over the U.S. And maybe, maybe if we're lucky, she'll go abroad too. And (laughs) thank you so much, Allie, for being the voice, the go-to For people making the transition when they put their whole hearts and maybe even souls into doing the best job possible of raising a human in this very complicated world. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Maria. It's been lovely to be here. Thank you.